a very good evening to you. Once again to Sweet and Swing here on Max Radio. My name's Howard Kane. Friday night, and as always, a pleasure to have your company. This evening, some piano moods from Eddie Thompson and his trio. Kay Kaiser. A bit more from Bing. Black British Swing. All sorts of goodies. So what more can I say? Other than I'm glad you tuned in. Hello everybody, this is Jack Payne speaking. We're playing now a number called Tune In. Hello, hello, the Damen und Herren. Jack Payne spielt nun Tune In. Mesdames, Messieurs, voici Jack Penn et son orchestre jouant pour vous tune-in. Allo, allo, dames et messieurs, vous de tune à Jack Penn, spiel pour eux, tune-in.
told you, tune in. I'm glad you have tuned in. Hope you've Hope you're glad you tuned in as well. Lovely to have your company, H, with you for the next hour. Here on Sweet and Swing, or uh, I was going to say annual. That's showing a sign of the times. I know we're at the back end of the year. Weekly, but it does run through the year, so it's annual as well, I suppose. Look back at some wonderful swing, nostalgia, big band music. Music when music had a great tune, a story. Voices you could understand. And I mean that in the nicest sense. The diction did seem a bit better, didn't it? I mean, I don't know about you. I confess I'm not the greatest fan of contemporary pop. Partially it's because I can very rarely understand what they're singing. The diction's so bad so often I just think I can't hear the words. Not a problem back in the 30s and 40s or 1934 when Jack Payne was asking everyone to tune in. Well, of course they did, yes, he was very popular. He was born in Leamington Spa, he was, um, and he came from a sort of musical background. He was the son of a music publisher's warehouse manager. I mean, it's a roundabout way, I suppose, but he did have a link with the industry and served with the Royal Flying Corps uh, in the early part of the 20th century and played the piano in amateur dance bands. And, of course, the RFC became the RAF towards the end of World War One, and then Payne led dance bands playing to the troops and uh, playing part of the Allies concert party as well. Very popular indeed. In 1930, a reviewer from the Gramophone magazine wrote that Jack Payne's band is public property. It is paid out of the wireless licence fees which you and I supply. As such, its one duty is to please the masses. It has to be good musically. It has to entertain. It needn't worry about anything advanced in the way of style. And the last thing it needs to be is rhythmically hot. <laughs> it's the way they wrote these criticisms back in the day. I think we must all agree that it does its job well and that anything it may at times lack in modern rhythmic stylishness is amply compensated by other qualities, more important from the public's viewpoint, such as musical ability and versatility. Well, there's no doubt about that. He had both, I think, of those in spades. He left the BBC in the uh, early 30s, succeeded by, of course, Henry Hall, who we were hearing from uh, last week, I think, once or twice, and started playing hotel venues again and recording for the Imperial label and then went on from the mid-30s to record from Rex. Became, eventually, the, the post, or took on the post of Director of Dance Music at the BBC. And he stayed there for, uh, well, until the end of the war, I think, 1945, 46, or thereabouts, and enjoyed a pretty good life. Married twice. His first wife uh, sadly died after 16 years of marriage and had an adopted daughter with his second wife, who you might know as well. Uh, she was the pianist composer Peggy Cochran. Another great character, and uh, yes, another one who packed in an awful lot. I do like that review from Gramophone magazine. They don't write them like that anymore, do they? It is amazing how the styles of language and criticism change over the years without you even realising. It will stay in 1934, I think. Why not? A very good year, so they say. In between, well, in between one more and another, I suppose. So I, I believe that the time was pretty good, although I don't know, by, by late 30s, the smoke clouds were beginning to gather, I dare say. Either way, let's uh, go across to the other side of the pond. Alabama, where the stars are falling. Thank you. 
drama We kissed in a field of white And stars fell on Alabama last night I can't forget the glamour Your eyes held a tender light And stars fell on Alabama last night I never planned in my imagination A situation so heavenly A fairy land where no one else could enter And in the center, just you and me, dear My heart beat like a hammer My arms wound around you tight And stars fell on Alabama Last Closest sound this side of heaven, I think it was, wasn't it? Guy Lombardo with his brother, Carmen Lombardo, taking the vocals as he often did. Quite often the lead saxophonist with uh, Guy's band and a featured vocalist as well, of course. Uh, Also a successful composer in his own right. In 1927, he was the vocalist on the hit record Charmaine, performed, of course, by Guy Lombardo and his Royal Canadians. And like I said, a good musician in his own right, uh, also recorded with some other great names, Louis Armstrong, Bing Crosby, for example, uh, recorded with Carmen Lombardo, and quite a few of his compositions used in Woody Allen films. He also had that, as you could, you got a little bit of the feeling of it there, that sort of tremolo effect, where he'd allow his voice to sort of sing, uh, to give that, give that little, little wobble. And it said when singing songs like Alone at a Table for Two, he'd allow his voice to tremble so much it almost sounded like he was going to break into tears. <laughs> and he was caricatured in a Warner Brothers cartoon as Cryman Lombardo. That's a bit harsh, isn't it? <laughs> I mentioned at the beginning we're going to hear a bit from Eddie Thompson. Haven't heard from him in a while. One of the few, again, that small select band of artists on Sweet and Swing who I actually met on more than one occasion. Eddie, a uh, regular on the Isle of Man, playing for the Manx Jazz Club on, oh, at least two or three times, maybe more. I don't know. And used to come and stay with us with his guide dog, because, of course, he was blind, and his guide dog would be there, and he'd quite often come and stay in Music Man Towers back in the day. Lovely chap he was, too, full of wonderful stories. Here he is, back in the early 1950s, with his trio Body and Soul.
Eddie Thompson at the piano with the Eddie Thompson Trio back in 1955, I think it was, by the looks of it. Eddie studied piano at the same time and the same schools as George Shearing. Yeah, not bad company, was it? That was the uh, Linden Lodge for the Blind in Wandsworth, London, and then later in Swiss Cottage. And uh, it's always noted by... uh, Pat Brand in the liner notes, he says for many years his blindness confined his playing just to the London circles, but then his acquisition of a guide dog, Max, yes, I met Max, wonderful character he was, who was something of a character in his own right, absolutely, (laughs) has enabled him to accept out-of-town dates and his reputation widened. Well, yeah, out-of-town, as in the Isle of Man, on a few occasions. And uh, yes, Max came with him as well. Wonderful stuff uh, and a wonderful character as well. Just looking to see if it actually lists, it's always nice to name the rest of the band, isn't it? And whether it actually lists who's on bass and drums there uh, in the liner notes and looking at it, I don't know that it does particularly. Uh, blah, blah, blah. No, it just mentions Eddie and it doesn't mention the rest of his trio. Well, that's a bit of a that's a bit of an omission, isn't it? Well, very good. Good work, boys, whoever you were. I'm assuming you were boys. Could be women. <laughs> don't want to be sexist about this. Lovely. I enjoyed that as much as always. A bit of uh, Eddie Thompson. Much as ever. Listening to Sweet and Swing, H with you, through until 10 o'clock this evening, or thereabouts. Who's counting the odd 30 seconds here and there? We've been enjoying the world of Bing Crosby on the sentimental side. You can never have too much Bing, particularly on the run-up to, can we say Christmas? Well, it's still there, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's Christmas things already appearing. There certainly will be once we're into October. I was looking at a calendar of forthcoming events on the Isle of Man the other day, here in the Black Satanic Mill. And I was amazed at how many Christmas fairs and events take place in October. Whether that's the commercialisation of Christmas or not, I don't know. But there was a, a huge number. And even more in November. I think by December they're beginning to scale down a bit. But I don't know that annoys some people. I get, I get the commercial bit. You've got to try and make the most of Christmas. And particularly if you're selling Christmas decorations. People have them all bought by the beginning of December often, don't they? So if you're doing that sort of business, you've got to sell them quite early. But... There were lots of fairs and hooger events and things in sort of October and early November. It's that time of the year, isn't it, in the case? Either way, it also makes me think of Bing. And here he is, but he's not singing. Don't worry, we haven't got him singing a Christmas song. No, it's too early for that. He's going to be singing Hang Your Heart on a Hickory Limb. I was looking through a book of old quotations And I came across the subject of romance When the poets and the sages Wrote the wisdom of the ages They gave the lover only half a chance For every bit of pleasure there'll be pain If you feel that's no bargain and abstain Hang your heart on the hickory limb When love is passing by Then you won't know the sadness in a sigh Hang your heart on the hickory limb When spring is in the air Then you won't be a victim of despair You can laugh at sweethearts Who sorrow and swoon They're so romantic, they trusted the moon. 
Hang your heart on a hickory limb Unless you feel like me That love is worth the trouble it can be Sweethearts who sorrow and swoon They're so romantic They trusted the man in the moon They trusted him Why don't you hang your heart upon a hickory limb Unless you feel like me That love is worth the trouble it can be
you go. Little Tufa Bing with his hickory from the sentimental side of Bing Crosby. I've been enjoying that, tipping in that. It's been great fun, I must admit. I think we've got a few more to go on that one before I start repeating myself, which I invariably will do because I can never remember what I started out with unless I go back through all the notes. Far too lazy. Uh, far up by Sentimental Journey. You recognised that one, didn't you? Harry Gold and his Pieces of Eight. And uh, Harry, another great character, playing the uh, baritone sax of one of the big old bass regions of this. I think he played bass saxophone as well, a massive old thing. Um, and his Pieces of Eight, a famous band. I remember going to see them back in the day. Relatively early memory of going out with the old maestro in London, not on the Isle of Man this was. I think Harry Gold did come over here, if memory serves correct. If you can remember, if you went to the gig, let me know. Howard Kane at maxradio.com. We'll play a bit more Harry. But Feli certainly did come over here. He certainly was active for a long time on the British jazz scene. And I remember going to a lunchtime gig. And I think I might have been perhaps not super young, but certainly before I was 18. Might have been an early teenager, 14, 13, that sort of age. And being down in London for something with the old maestro, I can't remember what, and him saying, oh, yeah, we can. There's Harry. Harry's playing a lunchtime gig at a pub somewhere, and we went over to that uh, to a pub. Sunday lunchtime, I remember that. It might have been Barnes, but maybe not. I'm going to see Harry Gold. And, uh, he really, Dad really enjoyed it, and um, I don't know if I enjoyed it at the time or not, if I'm really honest. I can't remember exactly. You know what it's like when you're that age. But either way, we went and uh, he thoroughly enjoyed it, and I think we had something to drink, and we may have had something to eat, I don't know, and Dad, of course, spoke to everyone, and all the band members, and Harry, as he always did. A habit I'm vaguely getting into myself. You know when you're getting old and you start copying all the mannerisms of your dad, don't you? <laughs> but he was a great character. I don't think he's with us anymore now, in any case. Um, and sadly, Bing isn't either. I think he died on the golf course, Bing, didn't he? Playing golf and sort of, what a way to go. If you're going to go, go with flair on the golf course. Why not? Uh, still to come, we've got our black British swing jazz, of course. Been enjoying that. Those are unsung heroes. Music from Ensa and uh, our love-themed... What is this thing called love? But I'm dipping back into the Jimmy Van Heusen songbook for this next one, a compilation entitled Moonlight Becomes You. And here is a track called Heaven Can Wait. I think you probably know this one. Glenn Gray and the Casa Loma Orchestra. Clyde Burke on vocals, Pee Wee Hunt on the trombone. Heaven can wait.
paradise just being here with you and breathing the air you do heaven can wait oh darling it's true this is paradise gazing at all your charms it's heavenly in your arms heaven can wait you must be an angel on a visit from the skies now i look at heaven when i look into your eyes heaven can wait this is paradise loving the way we do until i go there with you heaven can Very nice too. Glenn Gray and the Casa Loma Orchestra. Uh, Glenn, born out in the States, his dad was a railroad worker and sadly passed away when uh, when he was, well, Glenn was just two years old. And so, yeah, to uh, fight for his way in life in many ways, went to the American Conservatory in music in the early 20s, but left during his first year to go to play with George Hashett's orchestra where he stayed for a while and then played for quite some time between the mid-twenties to the late-twenties, playing with several orchestras in Michigan. And then, of course, became the leader of the Casa Loma Orchestra, Uh, although, as it's noted, the orchestra itself had been formed as a collective group originally, a bit of a co-op, I suppose you'd call it these days, wouldn't you, with no designated leader, but Glenn became pretty much the uh, leader of the Casa Loma Orchestra. And it went on for quite some time uh, by the... Late 40s or 1950, the band had pretty much ceased touring and uh, Glenn retired to Massachusetts. And the later recordings, which you find on the Capitol label, uh, continued. And they, you can get them on the sounds of the great band series, Grey, leading a group of studio musicians in Hollywood. Yeah, good. Uh, he actually died pretty young uh, looking at it. I thought he lived a reasonable life, but he actually... They died at the age of 63, which is uh, doesn't give me much time. I tell you, I have to get on, <laughs> I have to get on with my life. If if I went then, that's not much of an age, is it at all? But nice music in any case. Now then, what are the boys and girls of Enser up to? Oh, we'll soon find out. Henry Hall, I see, is introducing the 17-year-old girl singer Paddy O'Neill in the latest swing tune called Paduka. Thank you. 
If you want to, you can ride a bazooka, but you can't poo-poo Paducah. It's another name for paradise. Paducah, Paducah, just a pretty little city in Kentucky. But with me, it rhymes with lucky when I'm looking into two blue eyes. Tulip time, they get excited over tulip time. But I'm delighted over tulip time because I had to love a resident of Paducah, Paducah. If you want to, you can ride with Paducah, but you can't poo-poo Paducah. It's another name for paradise. If you could see a certain town down south, I bet you 15 cents you'd holler, shut my mouth. I'm not exaggerating when I say there's not a sweeter town in all the USA. I know an awful lot of people claim it has a funny name, but brother, just the same. They came from on my hometown. Paducah, Paducah, if you want me to run, Paducah, but you can't poo-poo, Paducah. It's another name for paradise. Oh, Paducah, Paducah. Just a pretty little city in Kentucky, but with me it rhymes with lucky when I'm looking into two blue eyes. Tulip time, they get excited over tulip time, but I'm delighted over tulip time because I happen to love a resident of Paducah, Paducah. If you want me, you can run with a bazooka, but you can't poo poo Paducah. It's another name for paradise. It's another She's the lovely, and that's just about all I need say about our guest star in today's break from music. She's coming onto the stage now, led by her boxer dog, Dunham, ladies and gentlemen, Francis Day. Dunham and I are extremely pleased to be here with you tonight, this afternoon, this morning. What is it? Would you like to take Dunham? Now, I've often listened to these programs sent from various places in the country by the courtesy of Ensa and enjoyed them tremendously. But I've always thought there must be someone actually on the spot who would like to join in too. So I have been very lucky to find, I think, the most wonderful Scotch Bing Crosby in the form of one private Peter Murray. Yes, sir. Now, Peter and I, having tea the other day, were discussing music. <coughs> and, and I said, Peter, what's your favorite song? He said, A Nightingale Sang in Barclay Square. I said, well, isn't that strange? It's mine, too. Would you sing it for me? Today, he said, I certainly will. So here's Peter, and he's going to sing A Nightingale Sang in Barclay Square. (laughs) 
that certain night, the night we met, there was magic abroad in the air. There were angels dining at the ribs, and a nightingale sang in Barclay Square. My maybe right. I may be wrong, but I'm perfectly willing to swear that when you turned and smiled at me, a nightingale sang in Barclay Square. The moon that lingered over London town. Her puzzled moon, he wore a frown. How could he know we two were so in love? The whole darn world seemed upside down. The streets of town were paved with stars. It was such a romantic affair. And as we kissed. And said goodnight. A nightingale sang in Barclays Square. No, oh, indeed, more, more. Very good indeed, very good indeed. Francis Day introducing the guest artist there uh, and he actually had a very good voice she's right he does sound quite bingish doesn't he you can't get away from that peter murray is that pete murray i don't know <laughs> it's a short answer it could be was that pete murray that, that might have been might have been francis day herself and before that of course we heard paducah with paddy o'neill uh I don't know, Paddy O'Neill. Uh, you might know her, I must admit. Uh, even a quick look at the Book of Words to see if we could uh, impart much information, but not listed there either. Paddy O'Neill. If you uh, are familiar with Paddy O'Neill, let me know. I don't know the answers to all these things. Some of these artists, she had a great voice. You'd never guess she was in her teens, as was the case, it seemed. But good voice in any case, doing Paducah, a very popular number at the time, not heard quite so much these days. And then, of course, the perennial favourite, A Nightingale, sang in Barclay Square. Still pretty popular these days, isn't it? As a standard, I think, quite rightly so. I think one of the old maestro's favourites as well, if memory serves correct. And Francis Day, with her bulldog, yes, um, apparently, came coming on stage to the Ensor audience there. American actress, singer, greatly, very popular in the UK in the 1930s, started out in New York as a cabaret singer and then sort of went on to uh, great stuff in the West End. She was in the West End production of The Five O'Clock Girl at the Hippodrome, which toured uh, in the provinces in the 1930s and married Beaumont Alexander, wonderful name, an Australian agent in the 1920s who masterminded her early career in the West End nightclubs. A lovely little, well, I say lovely, it's a slightly strange sort of footnote on her life. And that's, uh, I was just looking, reading as we were listening to her there. And she passed away at the age of 76 in London 
in uh, 1984, so relatively recently in the scale of things, not a great age. Uh, she was in Windsor in Berkshire, and she'd sort of retreated into reclusion in Maidenhead after her career in public life came to an end, and she left, it says, what remained of her estate to a young solicitor, Howard McBrien. But she had a handwritten will which included the following directive, that there be no notice of information of any kind of my death except for and if a death death certificate is obligatory. Any persons, private or press, you you shall simply say, I'm no longer at this address. Gone away, destination unknown. And that is the truth. The night was dark, the air was calm, the trees were silent and bare, when suddenly the heavens shook, and an Englishman spoke in Grosvenor Square. I may be right, I may be wrong, but I'm perfectly willing to swear. I know you won't believe it, but an Englishman spoke in Grosvenor Square. The blooms that lingered over London town Poor puzzled blooms, they wore a frown They saw a thing that looked so awfully silly A Londoner in Piccadilly The PM spoke, the house convened The home guard shouted the word That an Englishman spoke actually in Square. Uh, she could sing herself as well, couldn't she? Francis Day, just as a little coda to a nightingale sang in Berkeley Square, entertaining the troops with Ensor back in the day. Some Kay Kaiser, or it won't fit him in. Small fry, strutting by that pool Thank you. 
Pappy Sully Mason's going to tell you all for. Look at that. Small fry. Mm-hmm. Strutting by the pool room. Small fry. Yes, sir. You should be in the school room. My, my. Now you put down that cigarette. You ain't that grown up high and mighty yet. Oh, yes. Small fry. Yes, sir. You dancing for a penny. Small fry. Counting up how many My, my, my Just listen here to me You ain't the biggest catfish in the sea Well, you practice the packing all day long To some old radio song Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes You better to listen to your paw And someday you practice the law And then you'll be a show of success Go ahead. You kiss the neighbor's daughter. Small ride. Mm-hmm. Why don't you stay in that shallow water? Seems that I should take you across my knee. You ain't the biggest catfish in the sea. Look at you. You got your feet all soaking wet. You gon' be the death of me yet. Oh, me. Oh, my. Hey, how come you keep picking on me all the time? Don't give me none of that back talk, boy. Get in that house before I turn your hide. <laughs> Maybe sounding dated now, I don't know, but a good number of small fry. Kay Kaiser with his greatest hits and sentimental favourites. Good dance tune, lots of sentiment uh, way out there in front. Born in Carolina in 1906 and became... Uh, got into radio broadcasting. The radio shows, shows turned him into something of a national figure with K. Kaiser's College, spelt with a K, of musical knowledge. Uh, the broadcasts were known and they had all sorts of people singing song titles from snippets played by the band and then listeners invited to send in their suggestions and their names read out on air. Still popular, that sort of stuff today, albeit using social media. And in the 40s, Kay found a band that had an individual and swinging sort of cool style and amusing style and a very musical style. And uh, he did very well with that. But by the 50s, I think rock and roll had come in and he retired to his home state and uh, passed away in the 1980s. So a brief time at the top, as is often the case. And then some of them go right on till the very end and others decide to call it a day. I suppose it depends on your individual feelings, doesn't it? How you actually want to operate on that one. Uh, we better get some of our swing jazz in, black British swing, England's own jazz of the 30s and 40s, uh, when a lot of these unsung heroes and black guys, and I think they were all guys as far as I'm aware, I'm not aware of any, there might be one or two, but certainly I think on this collection it's all male bands as far as I can see. Uh, how about this one, Soft Winds, Frank Dents and his Spirits of Rhythm. <laughs> Thank you. 
great ending on that one. Those chords on the guitar. Frank Dennis, I think I called him Dense before. Frank Dennis and his spirits of rhythm. Frank on guitar. Uh, also Joan Dennis as well. On tenor sax, Jimmy Skidmore. Yeah, the Skidmore family getting in there. Uh, another member of the family, Chris Dennis on piano. Double bass was Tommy Bromley and Tommy Lytton at the drums. Making a very fine sound there indeed. And uh, yep, yeah, he was... Um, or British jazz guitarist played from the 30s and in the 50s in radio as well as playing around the London scene and with his brothers Jose and Lawrence he formed the Homanos Denis Cuban Rhythm Band in later life why not great sound I enjoy that very muchly indeed that's about it for this week would you believe I don't know where the time goes but we will see you same time same place next week look after yourself cheerio <laughs>